All right, we're back on One True Podcast. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. John Werner. How are you doing, Johnny? Uh, Bryce, I really like the way you presented my title. (laughs) Got to respect your elders. (laughs) I am definitely an elder. (laughs) I will not dispute that. And uh, joining us this week, we're happy to have Chris Williams of KWTX-TV here in Waco, Chris uh, has been uh, with Channel 10 now almost a year, and uh, before that, spent a couple of years in uh, Nebraska working there, but one of the reasons we had him on, he's from Utah. Uh, So, Chris, thanks for hopping on with us. Yeah, I'm glad to be on. Always fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so guys, let's talk a little Baylor football first. Uh, you know, after stumbling in Stillwater, the Bears got back on track uh, last weekend against West Virginia, 45 to 20. Pretty impressive uh, performance, honestly. Um, you know, we understand that the Mountaineers are not as good <laughs> as Oklahoma State. <laughs> uh, and hey, they're better in Kansas. They are better than Kansas. <laughs> Um, you know, and of course, you know, playing at home makes a difference too, but you know, what impressed you guys the most about Baylor's performance and and where did they kind of improve the most from, you know, Stillwater to, you know, that West Virginia game, Chris, I'll start with you. To be honest, I, I was a little relieved being in Stillwater. It felt, you know, the play calling everyone's talked about it, obviously. And it felt like, I wonder, do they just not feel comfortable doing drop back pass with Gary? I mean, they have talent at wide receiver. Do they not feel comfortable with him in those one-on-one situations? So to go play West Virginia, do a little more of the standard drop back pass where it's not just fake the handoff here, throw to this guy, where it's a little more Gary scan the field. I still feel like he's a little late on some of those throws, He, you know, and that's just going to get better. But it was just refreshing to see that he can do that and that a defense can't just line up and say, okay, we'll play one-on-one on the outside and fill the box with players because this offense showed that they can beat that if you try it. How about you, John? I'm going to say the pass rush. They got six sacks mm-hmm. against West Virginia. They only had six sacks coming into the game in uh, five yeah. games. So, and, uh, and obviously uh, Apu Eka. Eka? Eka? I think Eka. Okay. Apu Eka. <laughs> Well, we should go with the guy who's on TV. They he's are- a salt, well, he's a Salt Lake guy. So uh, okay, that's he right. Went to high school just ten minutes from me. I played oh. a, quite a few guys like him. So okay. Well, anyway, uh, he got two sacks. He didn't have any coming into the game, and uh, really just a combination of good defensive line pressure, some blitzes, and uh, that, that's a really good sign for them because they just haven't put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks coming in. So. Uh, yeah, that's something they could really uh, build on. Yeah, I'm actually writing about the uh, positive pass rush uh, this week. Uh, that story will be online later today as we uh, as we record this podcast and in tomorrow's paper. Uh, one of the things I thought that was interesting uh, that Dave Aranda mentioned was that it really had a lot more to do with stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talked about, the the fact that they were able to stop the run allowed guys to run free to the quarterback, um, you know, and that made a difference in that 
in that pass rush. And uh, yeah, it was easily uh, the best pass rush they've had in the, in the very short Dave Aranda era. Um, and really, you know, the best in a long time, maybe since, uh, you know, they had a pretty good uh, guy named uh, what James Lynch back there, uh, Johnny. Yeah, he was decent. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so, you know, obviously this week a future Big 12 opponent comes to town in BYU. Um, Cougars are coming off their first loss of the year against Boise State. As such, they dropped uh, several spots in that AP poll down to 19. But they're still a quality opponent for Baylor. You know, how do you guys see this matchup? And and do you agree with Las Vegas? I haven't looked at the latest line, but I know uh, Baylor was favored at least at the outset. Um, you know, do you agree that Baylor should be favored in this one? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, playing at home. Um, really, BYU didn't play very well last week. So, you know, Coach Aranda thinks they're going to be really fired up. They had four turnovers uh, in a 26-17 loss to Boise. Um, I think it's going to be a, a really physical game. I think uh, uh, BYU is going to be kind of like Iowa State and just the physicality they're going to bring. Uh, Tyler Algier, he, he's a tough dude. He, he's, a, he's a really good running back, but you know, like Dave said, he, he plays like a linebacker. And, uh, yeah, and, and their quarterback, Jaron Hall, is he's really versatile. Uh, he can, he can uh, do a lot of things. So I think it's going to be a really good game, but I – I think Baylor's got more speed, and uh, I think that might make the difference. Yeah, I, I like the Bears as well. I'm actually – I almost feel like BYU will have more of a spark having lost this weekend. I would have liked the Bears maybe a little more if they hadn't um, just <laughs> lost to Boise State. But I texted – so a buddy of mine was a D-lineman there. Last year was his last season. But I just – I texted him yesterday because I wanted to get an idea. You know, what is Coach Sataki like? after a loss. And, and it's interesting because it's similar to what you would hear about Aranda. And I, I'll, I'll read it so I don't mess his words up. But he said, Kalani always focuses on the team and the attitude first. So it's looking at what went wrong and then their approach in those situations and kind of how they reacted in those situations. And so that kind of worries me a little bit because that's how Aranda is. And we saw how Baylor came out a lot more fired up the next week. And then this last line, he said, Coach Sataki is the epitome of passion and he knows how to show – he knows how to get the team to feel that same passion. So they're going to be fired up. They're excited. I watched that press conference a little bit. You know, all the players and coach talked about how they're excited to be playing in Texas, to be playing against a team that will be a later conference rival. So I feel like that makes it a little closer, but I do still like the Bears in this one. Yeah, so, uh, Chris, we make our picks uh, in uh, – well, John writes a picks column that runs in every uh, Friday's uh, paper, and then uh, my picks don't show up till Saturday. So I have till Friday to make this pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who I'm taking quite yet. I think it's going to be a good game, and it'll be very interesting to me to see the reception that BYU gets at, at McLean Stadium – uh, as a future Big 12 team, uh, I feel like they're going to be warmly received uh, mm -hmm. among the Baylor fans. I feel like there's probably going to be a pretty good BYU contingent in the house. I know they have a lot of alums, you know, all over the country, including in Texas. But I think it'll be a much, much different reception than the Longhorns get two weeks later. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. So that'll be that'll be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of love this week. There's going to yeah. be a lot of haters in two weeks. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, Chris, as we mentioned, you did grow up in Salt Lake. Uh, and uh, what a beautiful place, incidentally. Yes. <laughs> um, you mentioned to me that you went to BYU uh, football camps growing up, right? Oh, yeah. Every year. Look forward to it every summer going and staying in the dorms. And it was Bronco Mendenhall at the time, but it was just a blast going down there and playing with those guys. Yeah. So you have some insight into just, you know, how Utah views uh, BYU football. Where does it sort of rank in Utah's sporting passions? And and is it uh, more or less than the passion for the Utah Jazz? I think I, passion wise, I think it's more than the Jazz. The Jazz have what's nice for them is it's a, the only thing that Utahns are united over. You know, they don't the Utah BYU rivalry really splits, but. The passion there is so big. I mean, BYU, I don't, I don't know if people realize it's a school that kids grow up dreaming of playing there. They have their Ty Detmer Halloween jersey that they wore when they were, you know, <laughs> elementary school. And there's kids who are, are they're picking BYU over schools like USC and schools like Oregon because it's where they want to go. And then it also has a little bit of that, you know, Baylor AM, the legacy type thing where, you know, my grandpa's dad's mom went to BYU and I'm the sixth generation to go there. And so there's definitely passion. There's love. I think I read the other day, there's like 17 current players on the roster whose dads played at BYU before. Wow. So it is, I mean, they love it there. The fans, that's why it was a little surprising to see them lose at Lavelle Edwards because, you know, you go to Provo, it's BYU flags in front of every single house. Everyone's wearing the all blue for the game. So it, it was a little surprising, but yeah, it's, this fan base is the real deal. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like uh, they were the biggest brand name out there that wasn't already attached with a conference. I Mm -hmm. mean, obviously uh, Notre Dame, you know, but, but BYU, I mean, uh, was, was the school that I think uh, really was sort of the gem of these four that, that the big 12 are adding. I mean, uh, and so pretty good get there for the big 12. Speaking of the conference, we have two undefeated teams still left. I feel like Oklahoma is not so much of a surprise. Maybe uh, a little bit surprising that they haven't played better, honestly. Um, And then, you know, maybe a little bit more of a surprise for Oklahoma State. This week, OSU travels to Austin to play Texas, which is still hanging in that top 25 poll uh, after – uh, blowing a big lead in that Red River game. Yeah. Uh, we were all uh, following it after the Baylor game. Um, so Texas should be desperate for a win in this one. Who do you uh, feel like wins this game? And, you know, does the winner have the inside track to maybe a, a meeting with the Sooners in that Big 12 title game later this year? Yeah, I'm going to go with Texas here. I think they've got a lot of motivation. Um, I think Oklahoma State, uh, they've played a pretty favorable schedule so far. And uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in Spencer Sanders. I just think he's really erratic at quarterback. Uh, You know, you saw him throw three interceptions against Baylor. Uh, Baylor had taken advantage of those interceptions. They probably would have won. 
So, uh, yeah, I think Texas is going to come out really hot. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Texas, too. And uh, I also think it's going to be a comfortable Texas win. I think it would have been that way regardless. But as for you know how that sets them up for the rest of the season, I think a Texas win just blows open the conference. I think Oklahoma State can lose that game and still very well be playing in AT&T Stadium in December or late November. I'm not sure the exact date on it right now. I think – you know, Baylor fans, as much as it might hurt, should be rooting for Texas because I think it opens the doors for the Bears if they can beat the Horns in two weeks and then that puts them back in the equation. Then I think Iowa State, they've kind of were so talked about all summer and now no one's talking about them. But oh, a Texas win on Saturday puts them right back in the equation. They could very well be with a rematch with OU from last year's Big 12 title playing again this year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I was not overly impressed with Oklahoma State in that in that game in Stillwater that Baylor played. Um, I mean, you know, they won the game. They did what they had to do. But to me, that was the ultimate game of two teams going, here, you win it. No, here, <laughs> you win it. And, and nobody wanted it. You know? yeah. I mean, uh, it was just they, they were not sharp. Uh, Spencer Sanders certainly uh, is prone to some turnovers. Um, now, Texas's defense can get gashed. I mean, we they mm. showed that in that Oklahoma game. <laughs> but um, they do have some playmakers. And, you know, B. John Robinson, um, you know, with a big game against Oklahoma State, could certainly thrust himself right back to the forefront of that maybe that Heisman talk again. Um, I feel like there's going to be some running backs in the in the finalists at the, for the Heisman. So it'll uh, be an interesting game, but I'm with you guys. I feel like Texas probably wins this one at home. Um, Longhorns are very, you know, up and down, to say the least. Um, so it is homecoming week here in Waco for Baylor. Um, and I thought a fun little question that we could kind of uh, finish on is uh, so, you know, we each all went to our own various colleges. Johnny is a uh, Texas State alum back when they were known as what, John? Southwest Texas. Southwest Texas. Uh, And Chris, you went to Chapman, is that right? I did, yep, in Southern California. Yeah, played football there, correct? Yes. Very good. Uh, You play, Chris? I was a defensive back. I ended up playing safety my junior and senior year. Okay. I've got a, a safe. I'll opinion. try not to get you mad. You might ram me. <laughs> I've got a safety on the Midway JV team, Chris. I'll need you okay. to give him some, uh, some uh, instruction. Yeah, uh, I like that. <laughs> but uh, so my question is this. If you were heading back to your home college uh, for homecoming and uh, you were riding on a parade float, like we'll see – uh, on Saturday in that famous Baylor homecoming parade, what would the theme of your float be? What captures your college experience? So whichever guy wants to start first with this one. I'll start because I have a feeling John's answer is going to be better than mine, so I don't want to have to follow <laughs> him. Um, I, uh, so I played, I was on, we, it was our school's first ever conference championship my freshman year, and then we won the second one my senior year. So probably – you know, conference championship theme. I, I want to point out, and I told Coach Aranda this at media days, but his alma mater, Cal Lou, was in our conference, and uh, we went 4 0 against Cal Lou. Nice. So I, I made sure yeah. he knew that. Um, but a little, a lesser known um, 
accomplishment of mine is that I'm a three-time beer Olympic champion in college. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to explain what that is because it's probably even worse than what you're expecting, but I was the first, my team was the first to ever three-peat. So either Dang. way, there's going to be a lot you of beer and trophies. Beer Olympics, right? Beer Olympics. Yeah. It's a lot of events and a lot of beer. basically. <laughs> so, Chris, I, Chris, I have a new respect for you now. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So what I'm envisioning on this parade float is a giant beer stein. Okay. Uh, and bookends uh, that are holding the beer stein because you started with a conference championship. You ended with a conference championship. <laughs> I might have to make this a thing. I'm going to reach out to my old coach, see if you can get this happening. That's great. Yeah. And then written on the beer uh, stein is 4-0 versus Kowloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. All right. I like Johnny. that a lot. See if you can top that, John. Boy, I don't know about that. Well, uh, you know, I go so far back. We uh, used Underwood typewriters up oh, at Old... Uh, the uh, journalism department was up at Old Main, which is like the highest point on campus. So it was quite a hike to get there. So I was pretty worn out by the time I actually... Uh, started writing stories but uh yeah i'd be like hammering away on a and on an old underwood typewriter uh probably a real messy desk because i made so many mistakes typing <laughs> and uh yeah you know and i still hammer away like i'm still on a in a, one of those underwoods and i lose like a key or two every year <laughs> yes you do you do so, uh, you it's out. hard to get out of that habit <laughs> but uh yeah that was definitely a different era um we didn't even have like uh you know any kind of computers so like when i was at a road game or whatever this is my first three years out of school we we wrote out longhand and dictated it to somebody in the office oh wow i mean that's how old i am <laughs> i'm a fossil so uh, basically everybody on your float would have like long flowing white beards is what I'm getting. Yeah. I think you're getting the picture, Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, uh, I attended Oklahoma Baptist university uh, where we did not compete in the beer Olympics. No, no. <laughs> uh, that said. Um, so when I was thinking about this, I was like, what would my float be? And I, all I, really just kept coming back to was just dudes, just dudes uh, laying on the couch, dudes, you know, drafting fantasy football teams and fantasy basketball teams, like staying up till 1 a.m. watching SportsCenter. Uh, I can imagine like dude Lebowski just being part of the flow. <laughs> though. Uh, uh, it took me a while to sort of like get serious about college. I got put on academic probation. Nice. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should actually, you know, like study. This isn't high school. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I could just envision lots of dudes, lots of pizza, uh, you know. I mean, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I think it would be a great time. So, there you go. Uh, I'm not promising anyone on our uh, of our viewers and listeners that we'll see these floats on Saturday in the Baylor Home <laughs> Parade, but that would be cool. <laughs> what should I expect? This is my first homecoming at McLean. I went way back in the Floyd Casey days, but what what should I expect on Saturday? Oh my gosh, the parade is really something. You know, if you know, parades are parades, but this one is like legit uh it, you know they they claim it, it's the 
oldest homecoming parade in the country. And, and it's a, it's a really good time and they do a good job with those floats. So, you know, if you want to get up early, <laughs> uh, it's worth watching. I mean, you know, how early are we talking? What time does that thing start, John? Maybe eight thirty nine in the morning. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a while since I've been to one. What? I'm usually cutting some Z's. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun though. They're fun. It's worth seeing. So, I mean, they have a bonfire Friday night. That's another big thing. So, okay. Anyway, well, Chris, thanks for hopping on with us, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you out there on Saturday. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chris. All right, Chris, I'll uh, I'll tag you when this thing goes up on the web and stuff. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, appreciate it. See you, Chris. Have a good one. Okay.